Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live, our first show of 2023. Great to have you along with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. And joining us this morning is the Deputy Commissioner of the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and that would be D.J. Betancourt. D.J., welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. My pleasure to be here, my friend. It is an honor to be part of your first show of 2023. There, there you go. You can put that on the resume. <laughs> Absolutely right. It's off my bucket list. There, there you go. Well, DJ, you know, as you know, I'm sure you know as well as anybody that insurance is a complex topic for many, and hopefully... Uh, during our conversations over the next uh, several months or so, we can we can simplify uh, some of those issues and the complexities uh, of insurance. Well, I certainly hope so. As I always say, I can't make insurance uh, sexy. Uh, <laughs> it's it's never going to be something that's going to uh, really excite you, uh, but we certainly can try to make things, uh, as you say, a little bit more comprehensible for people to understand. Uh, more relatable for them to understand. And so when they need that coverage, they'll know how to access it and they'll know what to do. And uh, what does the New Hampshire Insurance Department, what do they do for the, the public at large? How can, how can people access the New Hampshire Insurance Department? Sure. Well, the thing I always say is that our department's mission statement really does rise and fall on a consumer protection. And so uh, the team uh, in our department that deals with consumer protection, we've actually got seven dedicated people uh, who help consumers uh, all day. That is what they do. Uh, and so folks can reach uh, that team. Uh, they can call the department. Uh, they can access our website. Uh, they can drop us an email. Uh, and I'll get all of that information over to you so that you can post it uh, on your website or uh, on your social media platforms. That is terrific because, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are confused by it. I know I get confused by it myself, and uh, I'm sure many others are in that, uh, in that same dilemma once in a while. So we're going to talk today about a couple of things, uh, Medicaid redetermination and open enrollment. Where, where would you like to begin, DJ? Well, those two things really do complement one another. So I'll start with open enrollment. So we are currently in open enrollment season for the individual uh, health care uh, market. So this is the opportunity for those who either do not have access to employer-sponsored coverage or choose not to have employer-sponsored coverage or who are not receiving their coverage through a government-sponsored plan such as Medicare or Medicaid. And people can go on to the federal marketplace, which is the marketplace that New Hampshire uses, which is healthcare.gov, and they can choose a health insurance pro, uh, pro coverage uh, program that is um, appropriate for them, that, that serves their needs. We have three insurance carriers on our market. They are Anthem, Harvard Pilgrim, and Ambetter. Uh, and if you miss the open enrollment window, uh, citizens aren't entirely out of luck, but they are going to need to have a qualifying event to get a special enrollment period. And those are things like getting married, 
uh, having a baby, changing jobs, or otherwise losing coverage. And people will have 60 days after one of those qualifying events to uh, go on to the exchange, the, the market, uh, and pick a plan for themselves. So we always tell people that it's really important to, to shop around. Obviously, people need to find the right plan given their particular medical needs and their financial price point. And there are a lot of options to choose from. You know, it's interesting. <clears throat> the federal government right now is having a conversation as to whether or not um, the number of plans on the insurance market should be limited uh, because people sometimes get confused and find it very overwhelming to have so many options to choose from. You know, that is a approach that I would disagree with. I think that having a lot of different options provides people with the flexibility to, as I say, ensure that they're getting coverage that meets their particular health needs while also being attentive and diverse to their their ability, obviously, to afford health care every month. So there are a lot of options there. We, we ask people to, as I said, shop around, find that plan that's best for them, and to use the resources that are available to you uh, to assess what plan might be best for you. You can call the New Hampshire Insurance Department. We're happy to talk with you. Um, you're encouraged to talk to an independent uh, insurance agent. Uh, they can really dive into a lot of those important personal questions and, again, help you find out which plan is, is best for you. Or you can use the Navigator program, uh, which also is there to assist consumers in picking the right plan. So that helps you navigate through all the options you have, I would suspect. That is correct. Yep, that's correct. And there, you know, whether you call our department, whether you work with an independent agent or whether you work with a Navigator, they're going to ask you things like, you know, what is your particular lifestyle? in the sense that, okay, are you a younger person and you only go to the doctor occasionally when you have that, that stomach flu that comes around or, uh, you know, that, that occasional illness? Uh, if so, then a plan with a higher monthly, um, excuse me, a higher deductible and a lower monthly premium is probably best for you because you're not there all the time. So the premium each month can take out less of a bite from your, your income stream. However, if you're like me, and you have a family with three kids, those kids are getting sick all the time. They're bringing things home with them from school. They've got the runny noses. They've got the stomach bugs. They've got the occasional bumps on the head. Uh, so we're there all the time, unfortunately. And so for us, a lower deductible, but a little bit of a higher monthly premium is best because we're using coverage a lot. So the uh, New Hampshire Insurance Department is there to, to guide you if, if you need that guidance. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. We're here as a resource. As I said, there are other resources, but we're here to help people. And, you know, again, I would stress that I know that folks in the past have gone on to the marketplace perhaps and have looked around and haven't been able to find a plan uh, that was affordable to them. What I would strongly encourage them to do is get back on uh, to the exchange before January 15th, because that's the last day of open enrollment, and take a look around. Things have changed dramatically in terms of affordability in the market over the past several years. You know, I think that one of the critiques of the ACA that I think is fair is the ACA did a very good job of expanding access to coverage. Uh, but I think that one of the areas where it's perhaps fallen a little short of its goal uh, is in affordability. Uh, but fortunately, both the state and the federal government have taken steps over the past couple of years to um, to bring premiums down. In the state's case, 
We launched a reinsurance program. Reinsurance is a little bit technical, but think of it as insurance for insurance carriers. And essentially what that uh, program did was it allowed for uh, insurance carriers to have some of the um, more complex uh, clients uh, with those really expensive cases. Um, the program allowed them to defray some of their costs, so obviously allowed them to bring down their premium uh, because they had some protection for those complex cases. Uh, the federal government has obviously extended uh, financial supports for people, uh, so that's been a huge help. And then again, the state a few years ago uh, changed its Medicaid expansion program. We originally had people uh, in Medicaid expansion uh, on the individual market. We decided to make a change, and we put them in managed care, uh, and that was a huge help in bringing down premiums. So again, not to get too wonky, obviously I'm very passionate and excited about this, but I, I do want to make sure that people um, are understanding what we're talking about. Uh, but those are three examples of things that the state and the federal government have done to improve affordability in the individual market. So people should go back on, even if they've been uh, disappointed in the past. And again, the end of uh, the current open enrollment is January 15th, folks. So bear that in mind. And uh, unless you have a uh, life-qualifying event, uh, you, you better get things settled by uh, January the 15th. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, all right. Now, uh, there are things to be aware of uh, during these open enrollment periods. I mean, uh, you know, life insurance uh, uh, companies or, you know, insurance companies in, in general, uh, you know, advertise, of course, and you can, uh, you know, take what you want from that advertising. But there are, are some people who, uh, you know, may, maybe I'm not talking about the uh, life, uh, the insurance companies themselves, but uh, there, there are some people out there who may be a little scrupulous and will, will try to uh, take advantage of people, whether it be, you know, through the mail or, or on the phone. So there are some things that people should be aware of. No doubt about it. We are seeing a considerable uptick in the number of uh, consumers calling the department saying that they have been experiencing deceptive marketing practices. And we've seen this uh, lately in the Medicare Advantage space. Um, so the first thing we always tell people is, if something seems too good to be true, because it almost certainly is too good to be true. So please make sure that you're using the resources that are available, whether, again, it's the insurance department, whether it's an independent agent, uh, to figure out what is actually going on and, and, and figure out the best plan for you. Um, you know, you and I, I'm sure, are, are admirer of Joe Namath and William Shatner, but they're really not the best people to be taking <laughs> advice from uh, when you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan. So, um, you know, we could get more into that, of course, but, uh, but, but we're here as a resource if anything seems fishy. D.J. Betancourt is with us, and D.J. is the Deputy Commissioner of the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And, uh, D.J., we have to take a quick break, but uh, we will be back and talk a little bit about uh, Medicaid redetermination uh, after the break right here on Kale & Company Live on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, and we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll take a break, and we will continue right after these words, so stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond. 
And we are joined this morning by the Deputy Commissioner of the New Hampshire Insurance Department, D.J. Betancourt. And we're talking about the uh, open enrollment period, which comes to an end on uh, January 15th. And uh, you can uh, contact the New Hampshire Department uh, of Insurance at, uh, well, you can go online at nh.gov slash insurance, nh.gov slash insurance, or 800 800- 852-3416, and you can reach the New Hampshire Insurance Department. DJ Betancourt is here, and DJ, you mentioned uh, in, the, in the first uh, part of our interview today that there are some people out there who can actually be over-insured. Sure, well, in ter- are you speaking in terms of affordability in the sense that Yes, because of the fact that New Hampshire uh, currently enjoys some of the, uh, really, the lowest um, uh, average premium in New England. Uh, and so because our premiums are low and because of the financial supports that the federal government has extended, it is possible for an individual to go onto the individual exchange and pick a plan out for them and have that uh, plan be fully covered for them in terms of the premium. Uh, so that, as I said, is a huge change from the past, and it's a big opportunity, obviously, for citizens. Yeah, and you were mentioning the fact that, you know, if you're relatively young, uh, don't have kids and so on, some people might actually be uh, paying more for insurance than they really have to. You're absolutely right. You know, one of the things that we remind people is just because the plan happens to be the most expensive does not mean that it's the best plan. I think there's a little bit of a psychology uh, do it, and, and people go on, and, and perhaps they've got the financial flexibility to uh, to go pick the plan that that they think is best, regardless of the price. And so they immediately go to the plan that's the most expensive because they think it provides them with the most coverage. That's not actually the case. Again, it really is an individual analysis of um, you know your health history, you know your background, how often you go to the the doctor. That is really what people should be thinking about, not just deferring to uh, the most expensive plan because they think it offers the most comprehensive coverage. Good advice. As Let's get on to, uh, before we have to wrap things up, Medicaid redetermination. It sounds yes. intimidating, but what's it all about? So here's the situation. The situation is during the COVID pandemic, the federal government said, we're going to stop financial determinations as to whether or not people who are currently on Medicaid are eligible. So if you've been on the Medicaid program before, you know that you have to establish that you are financially eligible uh, to be an enrollee of Medicaid, and you have to go through that process on a regular basis. The federal government stopped that during the COVID pandemic because they didn't want people to have to go through that stress as we were working through, obviously, a very, very difficult time. That process is now coming to an end. And so people are going to have to start going through that redetermination process. And what we have really been encouraging people to do is to be proactive, uh, to uh, go through, voluntarily go through a redetermination process and figure out where you stand. And if it turns out that you're uh, ineligible because you're back at work or because uh, coming out of the pandemic, your financial situation has improved, then use this opportunity for open enrollment to go get yourself coverage. Now, once redetermination takes place, if an individual is found to no longer be eligible, 
they will have the opportunity to have a special enrollment period. And so they'll have 60 days after they've been found to be uh, no longer eligible. But we're really asking people to take some personal responsibility and to be proactive. Um, and we're also asking people, look, if you don't need Medicaid anymore, you're back at work, you're back under an employer-sponsored plan, or you've gotten a plan through the individual market, then let our uh, state's Health and Human Services Department know because it, it makes no sense for people to have duplicative coverage. And the state has to pay a portion of that individual's uh, premium to be on, on Medicaid. So we're asking people, as I said, to, to be proactive um, and, and to get out in front of this thing. Now, Medicaid, as I understand it, is uh, jointly run by uh, the federal government as well as state governments. That, that's correct. Yeah. It is predominantly a federal program, but states administer it. And for the Medicaid expansion program, the federal government picks up a huge chunk of the uh, cost of that program, but the state does have a non-federal share, so the state does kick in its contribution as well. So during COVID, there were a lot more people, I'm sure, on Medicaid than uh, normally would have been because uh, of a loss of job or, or disability, something like that. That's exactly right. Obviously, the pandemic was an incredibly difficult time for all of us. Uh, and for a lot of people, obviously, it meant that uh, they were either temporarily furloughed from their job or they lost their job, either uh, long term or, or in the short term. Uh, so Medicaid was obviously the lifeline for them to make sure that they had coverage during uh, a serious health event. Uh, so obviously it was very, very important. But uh, the pandemic, thankfully, has uh, significantly eased, and uh, the federal government has uh, determined that it's now time to get the Medicaid program back to where it was prior to the pandemic. Now, are individuals who are on Medicaid now responsible for reporting to to the state? as to what their status is? Not at this time. Not at this time, because as I said, the redeterminations are paused. But uh, the, the state's Health and Human Services Department has been sending out notices, making people aware that at some point they're going to need to go through the redetermination process. We're making people aware uh, that this is going to happen at some point. And so we're encouraging people to be uh, proactive about that so that uh, once redetermination does begin again, you don't have this frantic scramble uh, for people trying to find coverage. Um, and obviously, we don't want people to go without coverage. We don't want there to be any gaps for people uh, in their coverage. So one of the ways to do that is obviously to uh, be proactive and, and go through that process voluntarily right now. And even if you're found not to be eligible any longer, you're not going to lose coverage right away because the redetermination process hasn't restarted. Uh, but it will tell you where you stand once that redetermination process starts again, and it gives you some runway to go out there and access the individual market uh, or figure out how you're going to get your coverage. Uh, now just putting COVID aside for a moment, what are, what are the normal uh, guidelines for Medicaid uh, redetermination? So our department regulates uh, commercial insurance. Our Health and Human Services Department regulates uh, or, or oversees uh, Medicaid. So okay. any technical questions, people should go to the Department of Health and Human Services. But my understanding is people typically have to go through a financial determination process or a financial check-in. I believe it's monthly. Oh. Uh, and, and so obviously that hasn't been going on. 
for a while now, but that is going to restart, we think, sometime this spring. I see. Very good. Very good. So what what other issues uh, that you have noticed, uh, DJ, uh, concerning insurance uh, seem to uh, be, be very difficult for the consumer to to understand? Uh, what, what are some of the, the common questions that, that you get at the uh, New Hampshire Insurance Department? We get a wide variety of questions at yeah. the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Our consumer team receives about 5,000 calls per year from consumers. And about 75% of those calls are people who are just a little bit confused about their coverage. Uh, you know, what is actual cash value on my vehicle mean? I just got in a car accident, and I'm, I'm hearing these terms, and I don't understand what that means. Uh, to people who are saying, okay, um, I went to the doctor. I thought I had coverage. What is this bill? And as it turns out, that bill is actually part of their deductible. So a lot of it is simply the basics and blocking and tackling of insurance coverage uh, that people could sometimes get a little bit confused about. Um, and, and the reason for that is something that I think is entirely within human nature. Unfortunately, when you're thinking about insurance, it forces you to have to think about when something bad has happened, right? Um, you know, I've gotten in a car accident. That's bad. Uh, I'm sick and need to go to the doctor. That's bad. I've had a family member pass away, and I need to understand their life insurance. Obviously, that's bad. And so people don't want to think about what happens when something bad happens. And so as a result, they, they don't really take the time to review their insurance policies. So we really, really, really stress to people to take just a few minutes to read your insurance policies, understand what the coverages are, understand what to do when you need to file a claim so that when those things happen, you're not in a panic situation. Uh, but regardless, the New Hampshire Insurance Department is here as a resource should any consumer ever need us. DJ, some great information today. We look forward to more from you in the future and uh, really appreciate you being with us. Ken, great to talk with you, my friend. Be well. All right. Very good. DJ Betancourt, the Deputy Commissioner of the New Hampshire Insurance Department. If, if you want to reach the Consumer Services Division of the New Hampshire Insurance Department, uh, online it's nh.gov insurance, or you can call at 800 800- 852-3416 to reach the Consumer Services Division of the New Hampshire Insurance Department. We'll take a break. Kale & Company will return right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale & Company live here on WKXL Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first show of 2023. Kale and Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. Well, if you are watching... Monday night football last night, the game in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, an unprecedented event took place on that football field last night. Very scary time, uh, difficult to watch, but I'm sure many of you, like me, uh, stayed with it. 
for a couple of hours after it actually happened. What we're talking about is Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, 24 years old. And uh, moments after uh, Hamlin got up from an open field tackle on Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, he fell on his back. He made the hit, got right up, sprung right up, and then fell on his back, fell backwards completely. And the medics immediately rushed to the scene to see what had taken place. Within 10 seconds, uh, Bill's team trainers were treating DeMar Hamlin, 24 years old. An ambulance was brought out onto the field in under five minutes, and Hamlin received CPR on the field. He was then taken to the hospital. He suffered a cardiac arrest following the hit from the tackle, and his heartbeat was restored on the field, the Bills said uh, in a statement on Twitter uh, early today. Hamlin was uh, transferred to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for further testing and treatment, where he is now sedated, and he is listed in critical condition. A play was suspended with 5.58 to go in the opening quarter. And then after a while and a deliberation between the coaches of uh, both teams, the game was officially suspended or uh, postponed. The NFL said more details on the next steps would come at an appropriate time, adding that Hamlin's well-being was the top priority for sure. Uh, Some of Hamlin's teammates stayed in Cincinnati, while the rest of the team traveled back to Buffalo early this morning. Uh, Bill's wide receiver, Stephen Diggs, uh, arrived at the hospital where Hamlin was being treated late Monday night, according to uh, ESPN. Hamlin, uh, 24 years old, from Pennsylvania, joined the Bills in 2021 as a sixth-round draft pick from the University of Pittsburgh. He has played in every game uh, this season. So our thoughts and prayers certainly with Damar Hamlin in critical condition after collapsing uh, mid-game. And uh, some may wonder uh, the difference between cardiac arrest and a heart attack. Cardiac arrest results from electrical disturbances that caused the heart to suddenly stop beating properly. In cardiac arrest, death can result quickly if steps aren't taken immediately. According to the American Heart Association, cardiac arrest may be reversed if CPR is performed and a defibrillator uh, shocks the heart and restores a normal heart rhythm within a few minutes. And that's certainly what took place last night on the field uh, in Cincinnati. The medics were out very, very quickly with the uh, uh, defibrillator and uh, restored his breathing, the breathing of uh, 24-year-old Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. More than 350,000 cardiac arrests occur outside a hospital in the United States each year. A sudden 
unexpected loss of heart function also results in a sudden loss, loss of breathing and consciousness. Cardiac arrest is not the same as a heart attack, although most, uh, almost uh, any known heart condition, including heart attack, can cause cardiac arrest. Unlike cardiac arrest, a heart attack is a circulation problem. When circulation is blocked or cut off in some way and blood is no longer supplied to the heart muscle, this can damage the muscle. It's commonly described as a heart attack. Doctors uh, may refer to it as myocardial infarction. So uh, there you go. That's a medical term uh, that I'm not familiar with. But uh, uh, in fact, uh, CNN sports anchor Coy Wire uh, talked early today about the unsettling emotions. Uh, last night's events had sparked within him Given the similarities between his NFL career and DeMar Hamlin's, Wire played six seasons for the Bills between 2002 and 2007. And he said, and I quote here, seeing those images scratched open a lot of mental wounds for me personally. I played six of my NFL seasons there in Buffalo. In, in, well, in that stadium, actually the game was in Cincinnati last night. He played the same position as the player who went down, DeMar Hamlin, and it brought back uh, a lot of memories for Coy Wire. He says, I've been in situations where an ambulance has come on the field, so it resonates. Uh, Wire expressed his sympathies with Hamlin's family and team, but also paused to praise the decision not to resume play after the tragic incident. Wire recalled two instances when former teammates of his, including former Bills player Kevin Everett, were paralyzed after suffering a trauma during the game. He said in both of those games, ambulances came to the field. There were players huddled. There were tears. There was crying, just like we saw last night. But those games went on. The one last night did not. I think that's a huge statement that's being made. End quote. So there you have it, and uh, that is the latest that uh, the player who went down last night with cardiac arrest, Damar Hamlin, 24 years old, collapsing uh, during the first quarter. He uh, is in the University of Cincinnati Hospital, and uh, he is uh, sedated, listed in critical condition, and uh, according to what I've read, the next uh, 12 to 24 hours are very, very critical to the recovery of Damar Hamlin. So there you go. The next 12 to 24 hours are very, very critical as far as uh, Damar Hamlin's future is concerned. And it was just a, a horrific moment, and it, it had to be, uh, you know, the players were openly, uh, many of the Bills players openly crying. Uh, Josh Allen, the, uh, the quarterback of the uh, Buffalo Bills, was being consoled by Joe Burrow, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it didn't matter which team uh, you were playing for last night. 
uh, it had a dramatic impact on on both of them and uh, and, and certainly the people that were there in attendance at Cincinnati last night. Just a, a very horrific scene, and we certainly hope that uh, Demar Hamlin recovers. And again, the status of the game is up in the air. The NFL apparently is going to make some kind of a decision today as to whether the game is going to be resumed at some point. But again, it's Tuesday. Another NFL weekend begins uh, shortly, so the determination will have to be made uh, very rapidly as to what's going to take place. And next up for the Buffalo Bills will be the Patriots on Sunday in Orchard Park, New York. So we'll see how it all uh, all plays out. We will take a break and then the return of our good friend John Leahy. He'll talk about what's been happening and what will happen in the future in Hockey East. So we'll take a quick break and return after that right here. Kale and Company Live presented by Northeast Delta Dental. They have individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. More after this on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Gale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are powered by Northeast Delta Dental, and joining us now is the longtime voice of the Merrimack College Warriors hockey team and has done, uh, you know, more games than virtually anybody I know, whether it be uh, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. He's a man for all seasons, John Leahy. John, Happy New Year to you. Ken, happy new happy new year to you. I hope everything is uh, going well up in your world. Everything is is uh, going well, John. Had a great uh, New Year's celebration. Saw uh, the great Tower of Power down in Massachusetts uh, over the weekend on uh, New Year's Eve. So all is well. <laughs> no, great to hear that, and uh, I'm sure they put on a good show. You can't have uh, a New Year's Eve celebration without good music. Yeah, that is ver- very true. I know. I knew you would echo those sentiments, John Leahy. <laughs> where, where, where did you spend your New Year's Eve? Uh, we kept it really low key, uh, Ken. Uh, we we got together with some friends, and I, I think we made the mistake of going out to have Chinese food on New Year's Eve. And um, the, although the food was terrific. Uh, the service was was really slow, as you would yeah. expect, as uh, those types of establishments are uh, really slow on New Year's Eve. But it was it was a wonderful time. We stayed up and watched the ball drop, and uh, we had a great time. Oh, that's great. And then uh, you, you probably abstain from any kind of like a scorpion bowl or anything like that, John, huh? Well, I haven't been feeling well, so uh, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely off the list no. for sure. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I know I know you'll make up for it at some point, at some point, John. So let let's talk a little hockey east, as we haven't done that in a while. Teams returned to action last week uh, following the the Christmas break, and Merrimack uh, returned to action uh, last Friday with a non conference game versus Dartmouth, and uh, came away with an overtime win. Yeah, Merrimack was involved in the Ledyard Tourney, which is a wonderful college hockey tournament up in Hanover, New Hampshire. The first night uh, was a real dogfight. Merrimack won in overtime 3-2, to two, but then uh, things kind of unraveled in night two as uh, Providence won the game 6-1. to one. Uh, The Warriors and Friars met in the championship of that tournament. So 
certainly Merrimack would like to uh, turn things around and get back on the uh, winning track as that snapped the four-game winning streak. But you're right, Ken, there was a lot of non-league action, a lot of tournaments over the weekend. Uh, UConn and Providence both winning both of their games. And uh, the Huskies had a, a tough uh, two-game stretch with Long Island, a relatively new team. And uh, UConn was able to win both of those games. Uh, BU won their only game of the weekend. And uh, UMass and Vermont had splits. And uh, Lowell lost two games to Alaska, which I think we were all a little surprised about, uh, those games happening down in Lowell. And uh, UNH also lost a couple of games out at Union. So uh, kind of a mixed bag for the men, uh, Ken. Uh, we all felt the league could have done better uh, during those uh, non-week, uh, non-league games, but uh, we uh, turned the page and uh, move on to this week. Yeah, and uh, you know, conference play will be getting underway shortly. But uh, uh, we we look at the the standings in in the uh, in the men's side of the ledger in Hockey East, and find that uh, Merrimack and UConn uh, share the top spot. But uh, Merrimack has uh, three games in hand. They've played uh, three fewer games than the UConn Huskies. Yeah, they have. It's been a pretty historic start for Merrimack. Uh, in fact, I think it's the best start over 17 games in school history. Wow. Uh, but uh, Merrimack will finish up their non-league slate this weekend. They have, they have two ECAC uh, games coming up, Yale on Friday and Brown on Saturday, and then everything after that is uh, league play. So uh, if you take a look at the standings, you'll notice that the top six teams are separated by eight points and the top seven teams are separated by nine points. And uh, even though UMass is down at the eight spot, Ken, I believe they're going to be heard from before the year is over. So um, it, it all starts pretty much uh, not this week, but next and uh, we have the frozen Fenway coming up and yeah. uh, that should be a lot of fun as well. So uh, hockey is back. No doubt about that. And uh, I, I think if anyone uh, had the chance to uh, watch yesterday's game from Fenway between the Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins, they might be anxious to get out to Fenway and uh, see a couple of games on Saturday. You have uh, uh, UConn against Northeastern at, at 2.30 and Boston College and UMass facing off at 6 at uh, at Fenway Park. And hopefully the uh, the weather will be as nice as it was yesterday for the Bruins-Penguins game. But it, it'll be fun to take in a couple of games at Fenway. Yeah, and don't forget the women. Uh, BU yeah. and Holy Cross will play on Friday night at 6.30. So Hockey East will be very well represented at Fenway Park. I've been a part of it uh, in the past when Merrimack was there, and uh, it is a wonderful experience you know, to get to walk into Fenway Park and be able to broadcast hockey in spite of the cold temperatures. But as you said, Ken, uh, hopefully it will be as nice a day as it was yesterday. I was watching the game, and I know Keith Jones on a few different occasions mentioned how perfect the weather was. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope that will continue this weekend. But if you're if you're in the Boston area, there should be tickets still available for the Frozen Fenway event. Uh, as I said, the women will play on Friday with BU taking on Holy Cross. And then, as you mentioned, Ken, the big doubleheader on Saturday with UConn taking on Northeastern and then BC and UMass. So uh, we're all looking forward to that wonderful event. I cannot watch it because I have two Merrimack games this weekend, but I'm sure it's going to be a terrific event. Yeah, it will be a terrific event, and I can guarantee you one thing, John Leahy, the tickets will be uh, a little bit less expensive uh, than they were uh, for for the game yesterday between the Bruins and the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, they will. And that, that's what makes it such a great value. Yeah. And, uh 
You know, I went to a, a one previous installment of it. It was extremely cold, uh, but uh, I enjoyed the whole experience. And, and I know people that are going to go to this event will enjoy it as well, particularly uh, if it's their first time going. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I encourage people to, to check it out either on TV or uh, in person at Fenway. And, and I want to point out that John Leahy is, uh, I would have to say, among a handful of broadcasters that has ever called a baseball game at Fenway Park and a hockey game at Fenway Park. Yeah, yeah um, Tom Karen is, is, I think, the only other one. There may be a few more, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, been, uh, it's been a great experience calling games at Fenway, and, and, uh, and I cherish those opportunities. Yeah, and uh, great, great venue, and I, I know it was. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact, and I'm sure you saw this, John, that the uh, players uh, left their buses, uh, the Red Sox, I should say the Bruins, in vintage Red Sox uniforms, and, and the Pirates, uh, the Pirates, the uh, Penguins in vintage Pirates uniforms. Yeah, wasn't that cool? I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they could have done that any better, and I saw some of the Bruins playing catch uh, yeah. in the outfield. And, uh, and that was pretty cool. And of course, Jason Baratek being a part of the, the pregame with Bobby Orr, I, I thought uh, that was awesome. And uh, no, no, really they pulled it off great. And, uh, and I don't think they could have done it any better. It was so, so well done. What, what an event it was. And uh, you know, I know the, the tickets were uh, very, very expensive, but I think uh, probably every fan would say that they got their money's worth from that experience yesterday uh, at Fenway Park. But if you didn't get that opportunity yesterday, again, uh, Friday night, uh, women's game at at Fenway Park, and then uh, the Saturday men's doubleheader that starts at 2.30. So I'm sure you'll be able to uh, get tickets for uh, for those games. Uh, If you'd like to see uh, a hockey game at Fenway Park, take advantage of it because it does not happen very often. John, what about the women's side of uh, Hockey East? Yeah, Ken, the women also uh, got back into action. uh, They're starting a bit later than the men, but uh, UConn, UNH, and Merrimack were in action, and uh, and all three of those teams winning. So uh, we'll really get back into the thick of play this weekend. Northeastern will take on BU. The Huskies look to extend a six-game winning streak. Uh, big a weekend of hockey up in Burlington, Vermont, on the women's side. As Providence and Vermont will play two games up at the Gutterson Fieldhouse. Vermont has a real opportunity to close the gap on Providence. As the Friars have a, a five-point lead. Uh, Boston College and Maine will meet uh, in uh, Chestnut Hill for a couple of games. We mentioned the BU Holy Cross game at Fenway, and the Terriers will also visit Northeastern. UNH and Merrimack are traveling on the women's side this week, and they're both out in Minnesota. Yeah. You want to you talk about a, a cold-weather environment. <laughs> uh, uh, UNH, UNH and Merrimack are involved in a tournament out there, and they will play both play Minnesota and St. Cloud State University. So that'll be a great test for both of those schools, as uh, you know how uh, hardcore they are out in Minnesota with hockey. So it'll be a nice test uh, for both of those teams. But uh, the women will be getting back into uh, full action, and uh, we've got some teams on some winning streaks on the women's side. We talked about uh, Northeastern winning six in a row. Boston College is on a roll. They've won five straight. Uh, Maine has won three straight. Uh, so everybody's on a winning streak with the exception of Holy Cross, and the Crusaders will look to get back into the win column at Fenway as uh, they look to snap a 13-game losing streak. But uh, should be great action uh, with the women as, uh, as they get started up once again uh, full this weekend. 
All right. Well, John Leahy, as always, thank you so much for the uh, Hockey East update. And uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to you uh, as a, a regular contributor to uh, Kale and Company during the uh, second half of the season. And uh, we appreciate it. Ken, thanks so much for having me on. Have a great week, and uh, go Warriors. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and go Wildcats, too. <laughs> and Wildcats as well. That's right. Thanks, That's John. Right. Thank care. you, Ken. Bye-bye. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company. Thanks to John Leahy and thanks to DJ Betancourt, the Deputy Commissioner of the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Uh, DJ filling us in on some uh, Medicaid redetermination and the open enrollment period, which, as a reminder, concludes on January the 15th. So uh, bear that in mind. And again, if you would like uh, more information from the uh, insurance department here in the Granite State. All you have to do is call 800-852-3416-800-3-800-852-3416 to reach their consumer services division or nh.gov slash insurance. Well, journey tomorrow, Dan Weed will be here to uh, talk cars here on Kalen Company, powered by Northeast Delta Nettle.